Miss Barbara has our special this morning. You know, there's a lot of things I desire in my life. I desire to have the best school year ever this year. I desire to be 120 pounds. I de- <laughs> Why are you laughing? Anyway, I desire a lot of things in my life, but you know what I've learned through life is that if we desire to be like Jesus, all these things will be taken care of.
That should be all of our desire to live for Him. And uh, I was out of town. Matter of fact, I was uh, after uh, Kennedy's surgery. I had brought a different computer than I normally do, and it has a really small screen. And so I was typing my uh, outline, and what I do is I type my full outline, then I shrink it to condense it to uh, fit the bulletin. Well, looking at a different screen, I didn't condense it enough because that, I don't know how y'all are reading that without a magnifying glass this morning. So, <laughs> and a small print, but if you can, there it is. Normally I shrink it a lot more than that, but I couldn't see very well on my uh, different uh, screen, different uh, laptop that I had. Last uh, Sunday, we got into the last point of the message in this Life of Excellence series, basically going through the Sermon on the Mount. And we, got, we just mentioned about, he said, after this manner, he said, you, we need to pray. We need to pray unlike, uh, don't, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't pray for a show. Don't pray to show off. And that you're basically this, mine and your prayer life should be sincere, right? Our prayer life should be sincere. Also, and then I called it Prayer Warrior Training 101. Well, I'm just calling this prayer, uh, Becoming a Prayer Warrior or Prayer Warrior Training 201. And uh, we'll get to that. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and begin reading in God's Holy Word. In the book of Matthew, of course, chapter 6, as we continue this. And uh, let's stand for the reading of God's Holy Word. This is uh, sometimes called the Lord's Prayer. More accurately, it would be called the Disciples' Prayer, or it would be called uh, maybe the Model Prayer. Okay, and many of you know this by heart. It's a little bit different in Matthew, because a lot of times you'll say, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But you'll see Matthew says, forgive us our debts, the way it's stated here. Matthew 6, 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for giving us an example of prayer so that we may know how to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for God's holy word. All of us, as a matter of fact, uh, as I was getting this ready and I had a lot of it ready earlier in the week and I was finishing it up. And I, and I ran across this quote. Don't remember where I read it exactly at. It said this, all of us have one prayer, routine prayer inside of us. So a prayer that we say may, may be out of habit. Or, or, you know, we call God our, our Heavenly Father who art in heaven. But the thing is, it's, a, it's just a routine prayer. When you get rid of that, it's then when you can really start praying. Because you're, you're talking to God like He's right there. Instead of saying words, you're sincerely talking, speaking to the Lord. He hears you. 
in looking at this, if we just take a look at this model prayer, by the way, this prayer is not a, not a, uh, uh, it's a pattern. It's not a recitation. Many, and there's nothing wrong. Listen, uh, this year, Allie Joe was playing softball and, and they may have did this last year and I just don't remember it. But they, after each game, they would get out there in the dirt and make a cross in the dirt and they would recite the Lord's Prayer. And I remember doing that whenever, even when I played ball and all the team, before you go out to play or before you leave, we'll, we'll have a word of prayer. I notice on the networks a lot of times, uh, whenever, especially football season's coming around, that the networks will try to uh, not show, but in the middle of the field, generally, both teams, that especially that are Christians, Christian believers, they will gather in the middle of the field, kneel to one knee, and a lot of times they'll have somebody either A, lead in prayer, or, or, or B, they would recite the Lord's Prayer together, both teams. Now, the networks, uh, they don't like to show that, but they do it at every game, every NFL game, just about every college game there is. They'll try to avoid that, but that's just our, our secular media. There's nothing wrong with saying the Lord's Prayer, but it was never meant to be in place of your prayer life. It's, not, it's nothing magical about this. This is just an example. First of all, let's just start out with verse 9. And just talking about uh, this simple thought, it's, not, it's all about Him. Last week we said it's, it's not about us, it's all about Jesus. Our Father, you know, first of all, it says if you're calling on God as your Heavenly Father, you know what this means? This means that you have to have a relationship, that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can't be praying to somebody you don't know. Well, if you don't know Him, I mean, there is a couple of accounts in the Bible where God deals with the prayer of a lost man, but generally He wants to hear from His people, the people that know Him as Savior, okay? So you need for a prayer life to be really powerful, for it to really work, to be a true prayer warrior, you have to be saved. You have to know Jesus as your Savior. Our Father, which art in heaven, okay? This has to do with worship. In other words, that he's, got, he's up in heaven, and I'm worshiping him. This prayer is all about him. It's not about me. Folks, prayer is about God, and I want to talk to the creator of the universe. You're on a special uh, balance there. It's something special to get a chance. It's a privilege to pray, and a lot of times we don't realize it. Now, folks, they may outlaw prayer, and they have in some instances, even in our nation that began as a Christian nation. I don't know, I don't think we can call the U.S. a Christian nation anymore. It's a secular nation, which means that it's all about people. It's all about pleasing the pocketbook and pleasing people today. We, don't, we started out, we've got Judeo-Christian origin but it's not dominant like it used to be. And then finally, hallowed be thy name, which means we ought to seek every opportunity to really worship God. There's a powerful verse, I mean, to praise his name. There's a powerful verse in Psalms 34, verse 3, and it says this, O magnify the Lord with me, <clears throat> let us exalt his name together. You know what this means? That we ought to have every we ought to take every opportunity to exalt and magnify His name. Now, most people today, 
especially if you work in a public uh, location, um, and the more uh, blue collar it is, the more you're going to hear God's name being taken in vain. <laughs> now, uh, that doesn't mean that it's not in the white collar sector, it definitely is, but that's a popular, popular phrase today. And that's definitely, this is, this is sad. This ought to break our hearts. God's name is not exalted in the workplace, it's blasphemed in the workplace. It's degraded in the workplace. Now, there may be some of you this morning that have, uh, you may not use the, the big one, the big blasphemous phrase, but maybe we blaspheme the name of Jesus. We'll use it as a slang word. And we shouldn't, or we may say just the name God, and we may use it as a slang. And folks, that's not exalting his name if we say, you know, oh my God, or some other phrase like that, and we use that as a slang. We shouldn't do that because it is his name. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I revere it, I respect it. He's my Savior, he's my God. The next thing, look at verse 10. All this means is, in our text, this means that we should uh, have the right priority in our prayer life. <clears throat> you know, and the right priority is just simply this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. First of all, it says thy kingdom come. This All this means is, is that uh, Jesus is king. And we talk about, you know, there's two phrases used in the Bible. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven's used a lot more. But you know what this... Ta- <clears throat> I, I like the way Sister Frances put it one, time, one day. And she said, you know, for, for there to be a kingdom, there has to be a king. That's simple logic. And guess who the king is? He's Jesus. Now, think about this. Jesus is king. Matter of fact, the Bible says he's king of kings and lord of lords. Does he have an earthly kingdom right now? No, he doesn't. (laughs) Matter of fact, the Bible says that Satan is the god of this world. It says that. Right now, he, Jesus, has a spiritual kingdom. And he wants to set up a throne in your heart. Have you ever thought about that? That's where it's a spiritual kingdom. Now, one day is called in the Bible, it's called the thousand-year reign of Christ. Now, it doesn't say the word millennial anywhere, but some people call it that. The millennial reign, that just means a thousand years. Okay? But Jesus is going to reign on this earth, this dirt, this earth right here. Not a future earth, not a make-believe earth, not a, uh, an earth that's not here. He's going to reign on this earth. This dirt, this planet right here, even contaminated with sin, he will reign over this planet. He's not contaminated by sin. And that's a whole other study talking about the millennial reign. It's a pretty cool study. But he's going to reign on this. He's going to change the environment. That's pretty neat. But right now, he wants to be king in your heart. Is Jesus Lord of your life? He may be your Savior this morning. You know what that means? That he, you got saved, but he, is He your Lord? You know what that means? Master. 
And that's what he says. The priority of this prayer is thy will be done. It's all about him. It's all about his desire. What does God want you to do? I Basically, if you pray, verse 10, you're saying it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And it's not me. It's his will that needs to be done. Okay? Well, we move on to the next verse. Give us this day. Our daily bread. Well, simply put, the word daily means the portion that is needed for today. Verse 11, our daily bread. Hmm. Well, I've, I've shared the story before about uh, if any of you have ever been in a, in a very poor country somewhere and they don't have you know, right now, and I thank the Lord for this, you can go over to our house, and most homes have this. You have a shelf or a set of shelves that you can open up, and it's got a bunch of canned goods, uh, maybe even, uh, you know, say canned. I always grew up thinking, you know, my mom said one year we uh, put up like a, and I was so sick and tired of smelling uh, tomatoes, we put up like 150 quarts of tomatoes. And she said, we're canning tomatoes. And I'm thinking, but mom, they're going in jars. <laughs> what? That doesn't make sense, mom. If they're going in jars, you're saying you're canning tomatoes. And we put up all these purple peas and all this. And nowadays, you got to open a pantry. We had a big walk-in pantry, cans, jars. It's full of food. But you, back then, they didn't have refrigerators, and they didn't have pantries, and there's a lot of places today that don't have refrigerators or pantries. And when they pr- say, give us this day our daily bread, they mean it. That's, they're just living day to day. And they go to the store, go to the market, they're just buying enough for today because they don't have a way to keep it. And all it means is, is he's my daily dependence. He's my, is the Lord your everyday dependence? If we have too much, there's nothing wrong with having a pantry. There's nothing wrong with having a savings account. There's nothing wrong with putting away for a rainy day. The Bible talks about that. But if you get to a point in your life where you rely, but look at me. Remember the guy who said, look, I'm going to build bigger barns and fill them up. And it's all about what I've done. And, but God said, you're going to die. And all that can be taken away and given to somebody else. Even the book of Ecclesiastes talks. But it's all about daily means. When it says daily bread, you say, I need the Lord every day. And isn't Jesus the bread of life? And so I should partake of that bread every day. Not to be saved, but to have a strong relationship with Him. Y'all look at those verses that I have for you. Daily. A daily relationship. Psalms 86 All right, and then Psalm 88, just real quick. Psalms 86, 3 says this, Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. And then Psalm 88, 9 says, Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. And so daily we need to call on the Lord And then that last one, the New Testament, very first New Testament church, after they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out in Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, the Word of God says this. There we go. And they, continuing daily 
with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. A church that was in one accord, a church that was depending on the Lord daily. The next phrase in this model prayer is this. And forgive us our debts. Forgiveness is a key. It's the key that unlocks many relationships. It is a key to having a healthy church. It's a key to having a healthy marriage. It's a key to having a healthy relationship with your friends. It's something that ought to be sought for. Debts just means something that you owe. I need to offer forgiveness to those that... uh, have done you wrong, need to offer forgiveness to those that you're angry with or upset at, whether they ask for it or not, give it to them. It'll bring peace to your heart. Did you know that Jesus offers that forgiveness to us and he doesn't have to? It's not something that we deserve, but it's something he gives and it's called grace. In Ephesians chapter 1, In verse 7 it says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. I like that. The next verse that we need to look at, verse 13, we're just going to look at the first part of it. It says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Basically, this thought, God is my protector. I need to ask Him for deliverance. Uh, Basically, this is that, uh, God, would you help, would you keep me from doing anything crazy? Would you keep me from doing anything that would bring shame upon you? Pray for help. Say, God, would you keep me from uh, uh, doing something that would harm my testimony? Would you keep me from doing something that would hurt the church, that would hurt his name? Many times people don't realize that, uh, you know, I I watch these these companies, and especially the biggest thing since I'm a sports nut is I watch, of course, baseball is banning Alex Rodriguez and banning other superstars right now. From games. Why? Because they're doing things that are harmful to the game. You say, well, they only did it to themselves, but it's bringing shame upon the name of the organization and the name of the sport in general. Yet we today, we, we don't take our church membership very seriously. You know, we'll do things that are against God's holy word, and we don't give it really a passing thought that are we bringing like whether our words that we're saying or our actions are we bringing shame on the name of jesus basically we this prayer means to deliver us from evil lord keep me from messing up because i know my actions reflect upon you deliver us from evil it doesn't mean that some that that bad things aren't going to happen but help me not to make the mistakes that would cause others to stumble I like these verses that I'll share with you real quick. 
Let's just take a quick peek at them. Matter of fact, we're going to do them a, a little bit different in the order that you may have. In 1 Corinthians, this is a great promise. Chapter 10 and verse 13. It simply says this. Great promise. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation, that means also a test, make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So God will never, I don't think, put on you more than you can bear. And if you can't bear it, he'll make a way out of it or make a way through it. He promises grace. He says it right here. He will make what? Also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now I heard, and I, and I read somebody somewhere one time says, well, I think God does put something more on you than bear it, so you, he'll break you. Nah, that's, that's a different thing, okay? That's just pressure. In other words, God's molding you like the potter molding the clay, okay? All right? And so it may be a play on words. Uh, also, instead of James, let's look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, this is something very interesting. This may have to do with, you know, people entering into a marriage where one spouse is saved and the other spouse is lost. Or you enter into a business relationship uh, or maybe into an intimate. Or that just means close in this at reference. A close friendship doesn't mean you can't be friends with lost people, but whenever you become such close friends that your lost friends have more of an influence on you than you on them, then the Bible says that's wrong. Let's just let's look at what God's Word says. Second Corinthians 6 and verse 14, it says this, Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he with the, that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Um... And many times, that's talking about identifying marks. One of our identifying marks is our baptism. You know, it's an identifying mark if somebody is, uh, <clears throat> and you have to walk together to be agreed. Now, baptism has to do with immersion, and that being an identifying mark, uh, it's also an identifying mark to be baptized in the right manner for the right reason. What if somebody is baptized in order to get to heaven? Well, then they were baptized for the wrong reason. And so there's a, it, there needs to be a difference there. In other words, to stand for the, what's right and stand for what the Bible teaches. And so whenever we enter an agreement now, that's kind of like having a church service. I saw, I, you see it sometimes, it's an ecumenical service where people will come together in different denominations. And I understand maybe at funerals and such where you're, it's really... You're focusing more on somebody passing away. But if you enter into a church service, a mixed church service with two different ways to Jesus, which, which way are you going to preach about? Which way is right? 
If, you know, one preacher is saying, well, it's by grace through faith, and you don't, there's not anything extra. That's the way we believe that the Bible teaches. And another says, but it's by grace through faith, and you must be baptized in a certain way or a certain manner. That's two different ways to Jesus. Which one's right? Okay? And so that would be where you'd be entering into something that's wrong. In other words, having... And he said two different churches bail into a church, uh, maybe the Jerusalem church or something like that. Well, moving on quickly to the next part. And those are, I mean, again, deliver us from evil. The very last part of the Lord's Prayer says this. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And it ends up, folks, the very first part of the prayer started out, it's all about him the very last part of the prayer is all about him again. Okay? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It's all about him. Your kingdom, your power, your authority. We have none. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about lifting him up. Folks, from Genesis to the back of the book. As a matter of fact, that's where we're headed in Revelation uh, chapter 5 and verse 9. A very powerful verse. And let's uh, take a look at it real quick. It says this, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to uh, take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Folks, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. And then, you know, that's the way He wanted to end this model prayer, that it's all about Him. And folks, When we have problems in our life, when we have problems in our marriage, when we have problems in our church, I beg of you, I beg of you, make it all about Jesus. It'll get a whole lot better. Make it all about Him. It'll be a whole lot better. You say, well, the, the, the temperature is too hot or too cold. I don't like the color of a wall color or paint. I don't like this or I don't like that. I don't, it, and folks, you've lost. You're not looking at Jesus when you're looking at carpet. You're not looking at Jesus when you're looking at a person. You're not looking at Jesus when you're looking at uh, the color of something or the way something's run or this or that. Folks, when that happens, we lose focus and we, and we get uh, focused on problems and Instead of the person of Jesus Christ, folks, this prayer started out all about God. And this prayer ended all about Him and how He should be lifted up. Folks, that's a great example for prayer. Many times we're praying, but we're praying for the wrong reason. We're praying, but we're praying with the wrong priority. We're trying to get God to come over and help us. Instead of us saying, God, where are you? I want to help you. You say, well, God doesn't need any help. But he's asking you to come on board. He's asking you to let him inside your heart if you're not saved this morning. And it ends this way. This, this segment, if you will, ends about, it's, you know, about forgiveness. We talked a little bit about forgiveness. Let's take a look at verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Folks, the biggest hindrance to anybody's prayer life is whenever we don't offer forgiveness. We don't offer kindness. We don't offer love. And we may say, well, I'm still praying, even though this is wrong, that's wrong, this is up, this is down, this is right, this is left, this is whatever. Folks, if we have unforgiveness in our heart, bitterness, animosity toward anybody, the Bible says clearly that neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness is a key. When we were saved, we received God's forgiveness. And, uh, folks, we should model that forgiveness. If forgiveness is the key to make this prayer work, he says right at the end, he says, After this manner, pray. And then he says, uh, Oh, by the way, let me throw in this, because if you don't remember this, This prayer is worth nothing. That is to have a forgiving spirit to others. Right now, God's looking down at promised land. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for some believers. Now, you don't have to be intelligent. You don't have to be uh, talented. All you have to do is you have to say, Lord, I'm willing to be an instrument for you. And by the way, when you do that, that's humility. And that's also a sign of maturity. Matter of fact, the Bible mentions that in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, or somebody in our church is messed up, They've, they've, they've made a mistake. You which are spiritual, you know what that means? I'm humble and I'm trying to serve the Lord best of my ability. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We could be the one that made that mistake. Wouldn't it be great when you stumble that you have somebody to pick you up? So when somebody else stumbles, would you mind helping them up? Instead of, well, I'm so glad I didn't do that. I'm so glad I'm not like them. Matter of fact, guess what? They stumbled. They deserve what they got. Most Baptists, and it's sad. You can say, well, you can do that. I'm a Baptist. That's the only one I'm going to talk about. But a lot of Baptists, a lot of times, when somebody falls, and we want to make sure they stay there. <laughs> let me step on them a little bit. <laughs> let me, uh, let me, uh, where, which end's their head on? Let me make sure. Okay, I see it. You, see, you know, and we have a little vindictiveness. And by the way, if that thought comes to you, it's called your flesh. And the Bible says we got to fight against that. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. It's tough. We've got a great example of prayer as we prepare for a hymn of invitation.
Maybe there's a prayer you need to pray at the altar this morning. Just say, I want to, I need to do better. And again, our whole prayer life should be not about trying to get God to help us, but about us changing to Him. And saying, I, I, I don't need to be more like Him. And that's my prayer. That's His desire for you. Father, I thank you for this time. Let it be all about you this morning. Let it be all about your will. Your will to be done. In Jesus' name, amen.